Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. It's great to see all of you this morning. My name is Alex Barrett, and I am the campus pastor of our church campus in Alhambra, uh, just uh, towards Los Angeles. And uh, every now and again, every few weeks, Randy and I switch places to speak at each campus so we can kind of stay connected at what's happening uh, in Diamond Bar and what's happening in Alhambra. And so it's great uh, for me to, to be with all of you today. And we're continuing a message series that we started a couple weeks ago called Built to Last. And in this series, we want to wake you up. And that's where we're going to start. But in this series, our goal has been to look at how do we build a life that lasts here and now that actually extends on into forever, into eternity. And... Oftentimes we go about our lives. I don't know about you, but I go about my life and I make decisions and I'm relating to people and I forget to think like, where am I headed and what am I doing and where is all my decisions leading me? And so our goal in this series is to kind of take a big picture approach, looking at the concept and the reality of eternity and and how does that impact our day to day lives? And we've been looking at certain arenas and we started last week talking about relationships and today we're going to be talking about uh, decisions and how does knowing forever exists something after this life exists how does that actually impact what we decide to do uh, in our day-to-day lives and so we hope that this gives you some perspective we're going to look at some scriptures in the bible that kind of frame uh, what life is supposed to look like how reality is according to how god's designed the world and so i want to kind of frame back to where we, we started and it's this idea of what this life is intended to do. And what you find in the scriptures is that this life isn't the final destination. And we're not supposed to live like life like this is the final destination. In fact, as you dig, dig into the scriptures and as you begin a relationship with God, you realize that this life is actually a preparation. It's not an end. It's not the final call. It actually is preparation for what exists and what happens after we actually take our last breath in this life. And so knowing that should actually give us perspective and give us information that now on, as we live this life actually makes a difference in the here and now. And oftentimes for me, when I open the Bible and I read the truth of what the scriptures are, if you've read the Bible before, if you're just investigating Christianity, you haven't read much, what you find is, is it illuminates and it gives you perspective that, that you don't have. And the picture I have is, is it, it alters your course. And that's what the Bible's supposed to do. And as you relate to God and he reveals truth to you, it, you actually can alter your course. You can change direction. And, and that's our goal. How do we take biblical truth and the concept of eternity? And how can that change our direction here and now? This morning, I was prepping for this message and I went on a walk. And as I was going on a walk, I was looking at my phone over my notes of what I was going to say. And I had my stopwatch on. And all of a sudden, this big dog came out from a store, like behind a store, and and came, like, coming up to me. And I like like animals, but I don't own animals. And so there's just a little bit of a distance that, you know, like, just smile. That's kind of my usual approach. Just smile and start talking to the dog. And so the dog came up to me, and it was like a nice dog at first. And it came right to me. I was like, hi, dog. And I I was a little nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen. And all of a sudden it it got that snarled look. And again, I don't own a dog, but I know like if the mouth gums go up and the teeth show, like usually that's not a sign of affection. And so I was like, hi dog. And I begin talking like, it's okay, dog. 
and I'm like getting nervous and I was going on my path over here and I realized like I can't go that way because I'm in this dog's territory. I didn't know it was the dog's territory. He made me aware that it was his territory. And so I just kind of, hi dog, good dog, dog. And then, and then it kind of was circling. And I also know with animals, like if they circle and you're in the middle of the circle, that's not good. Like sharks do that and this dog did that. And so it began to circle me and all of a sudden I thought, you know, I'm not going to go on this normal walk I go on. That makes no sense because the dog changed my mind. The dog wasn't going to allow that to happen. And as I was like prepping for my message, it, it hit me. And, and I thought that that's what it is with, with the perspective that God gives. We get information and all of a sudden, the way we think we should go, it, it changes. And that's really the goal of why we come together, why we read the scriptures, we want the truth of God to change the direction we go. And so for us to change the direction of our life here and now, what we're doing is we're actually taking a look at what happens as this life wraps up. So in a way, we're going to be kind of going in this message today to the end. We're going to actually start at what happens when we we die. What happens at, at death? Because at death is actually the beginning of forever. And I know some of you better than others, but usually in a group conversation, your icebreaker isn't on like, let's talk about death, right? It's, it's a serious kind of grave, makes people nervous. People have different views of death. And oftentimes around death, there's this just kind of thing you, you don't really talk about. But even when you don't talk about it, it kind of becomes the focus and people in their life live in so much fear under this cloud of what, what happens when you die? And I ran, ran across this clip in the movie Patch Adams. And Patch Adams is a doctor that helps people kind of cope with different things that they're experiencing. And in this clip we're going to watch, the doctor is helping a patient who's facing death. And I'll, I want you to watch it and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Coming attraction. There's death. To die. To expire. To pass on. To perish. To peg out. To push up daisies. To push up posies. To become extinct. Curtains. Deceased. Demised. Departed and defunct. Dead as a doornail. Dead as a herring. Dead as a mutton. Dead as nits. The last breath. Paying a debt to nature. The big sleep. God's way of saying, slow down. Check out. To shuffle off this mortal coil. To head for the happy hunting ground. To blink for an exceptionally long period of time. To find oneself without breath. To be the incredible decaying man. Worm buffet. Kick the bucket. By the farm. Take the cab. Cash in your chips. And if we bury us up, we have a place to park my bike. <laughs> Come on, now. Yeah. Come on, now. Come on, now. Yeah.
So you can see the focus of the clip. You're like, actually, why are we watching that? Well, the focus of this clip is, is, is death. And oftentimes that becomes kind of the end for people. And so you, you kind of focus on what's going to happen, and, and he's kind of coming to terms, and he's using these terms that kind of ex- express the finality of this life. But what you see is, is just viewing death as the end, it, it actually is not the correct picture. And what we should be focused on this life isn't just that death awaits us, but it actually is what happens once death occurs. And that's the difference that you find in the scripture. It's not just coming to grips that we all die, which we all will, but it's actually what happens as we go from this life into the next. And so today I want to talk about how the Bible provides this picture of what happens when we die and then how to prepare for it. And so we're going to look at some scriptures that kind of frame this is, this is what's going to happen for each of us as this life wraps up. And the goal isn't to make this somber and and depressing, but to actually give us, again, some helpful perspective that can really help us make decisions here and now. So I want to just highlight some of the scriptures as they show what's going to happen once we all take our last breath. Uh, In Hebrews 9.27, it's kind of straight to the point. It says this, and just as as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. There you get it. All of us are going to die, every single one of us, and after that, we're, we're going to face judgment. And what happens right before the judgment is actually in the scriptures, you see that there's, there's a separation that happens. And the separation isn't based on your family. It's not based on where you grew up. It's not based on the country that you live. The separation is actually on did you decide to follow Jesus as the leader and boss of your life? And if you did, you're going to be separated into one group. And if you didn't, you're going to be separated into another. And so once everyone dies, there's going to be an initial separation for those that are living for Jesus Christ and for those that are not. And that's the reality of the scriptures. And so there's this separation that happens. And the separation is linked to two destinations that we talked about at the beginning of the series. For those that are decided... To follow Jesus as the boss of their life, the destination is heaven. And you live in eternity, in forever, with God. That happens through the relationship with Jesus Christ. He paid the price for our sins. So although we deserve death because of our sin, because God is righteous and he demands a price to be paid, Jesus took that price for us. So a Christian is someone who has accepted the fact that Jesus has paid the price for our sin. And they decided to live for him. And for them, their destination is forever linked to heaven. And then the destination for all those who don't follow Jesus Christ, and he's not the boss, the destination is hell, which is an eternal separation from God. Now, oftentimes, we we have a concept maybe that we've seen in movies where, you know, you've got like maybe the heaven side, like an angel talking to you. On one shoulder, and then our picture of hell is like devil, like he's got a, you know, a fork and like a tail, and it's like just listen to one or the other. And if you listen more to the light, maybe you get to where the light is. But it's actually a lot, a lot more than that. These are real places, just like London or Los Angeles or Tokyo. These are real destinations that that we end up after this life 
wraps up. So the scriptures are clear. This is how you end up in heaven. You begin a relationship with Jesus and your destiny and your forever is changed. So initially, after this life wraps up and we've taken our last breath, there's a separation. One group or the other. And after that, it comes the judgment in Romans 14, 12. It says this. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Because we're going to give an account to God, there's actually the most important decision we can make. And that is, will we believe in Christ and give our life to him? That's the most important decision we can make in this life. If the Bible is true and we all die, there'll be a separation and we'll face judgment. Then the most important decision we can make is not where we live. It's not our career. It's actually, are we going to live for the Lord Jesus? So as we talk about decisions in this life, that decision is the most important. So we need to live life in view of of that. And so then after the separation comes the judgment. And then the coming judgment in the scriptures is supposed to be both a source of comfort and a warning. And I just want to talk briefly about how this is true. Well, if God is just and he's going to make things right in the end, that actually impacts how we view the things that happen here and now. I don't know about you, but I've faced injustice in my own life where I feel like somebody did something wrong to me or I've seen somebody do wrong to other people. And there's a source of pain and hurt that that I've experienced in this life. And I'm sure you've experienced that and some of us to varying degrees. Some of us have been broken by other people. Some of us have witnessed devastating things. But the comfort you have of God being the ultimate judge is that he is going to make everything right in the end. What that means is that actually takes the pressure off of us to do that ourselves. If God is going to make everything right, then I don't have to be the judge in this life. That's God's role, and he executes that perfectly. And so that that should be a comfort to us. Also, that means that I don't have to spend my time judging other people. That's God's role. And thirdly, that means I actually don't have to take revenge Because if there is no judge and God's not just, then ultimately it's my role to make things right. I'm going to have to make things people pay and then people have to make me pay. What you find is we have this kind of human understanding and what we find in the scriptures is that's God's role. He's the ultimate judge. He will make things right in the end. And so that should be a comfort for us. That should impact the way we view people, the way we view our circumstances, the way we view uh, situations. And then what you find, so there's, there's the comfort side of the judgment. You may be thinking like, how is the judgment comforting? But God is just and he's righteous and he's gracious. And he's the only one that in the end can sift through and make things right. And that's his role and he executes it perfectly. So that's the comfort. And then the warning you find in 2 Corinthians 5.10. So if the judgment is real, here's the perspective we should have. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. There's going to be a separation, and then we're going to face the judgment. 
And in the judgment, this warning is your life and what you do and what you say and what you think matters. All the decisions that you make count. God is gracious that everything we do counts for something. What it's saying is we're all going to appear. No matter where we're from, no matter what we believe, no matter who family we're a part of, we're all going to appear when this life wraps up before God, the ultimate judge. And so this scripture in Second or 1 Corinthians is like a warning system. It should be a moral alarm system, which means I need to be careful what I do. I need to be careful what I say. I need to actually be careful what I think. Why? Because God sees everything. That should give me pause for the way I live my life. So you can see, if all this is true and real, when life wraps up, that impacts us on this side of forever. Because the decisions we make here and now impact eternity. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. And so you see that the warning, the comfort, but there's also... Because of the judgment, because God is going to make everything right in the end, there's also tremendous opportunity. And I want to spend some time talking about the opportunity that this reality brings. And again, that is that what we do and what we say actually matters. It brings purpose to this life. Because it, it makes an impact. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about how God rewards based on how we build our life. And I want to kind of go through a, a passage of Scripture that's a few chapters before uh, the 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul is writing this passage. And Paul, if you're not familiar with the Scripture, you may hear his name a lot. Uh, but he was a church starter. He was a person who persecuted the Christian church and the movement. And he really wanted to kind of stop Christianity from growing in the first century and God got a hold of his life, and he actually became somebody who expanded Christianity. And his life was changed. And what he did is he spent his life building churches, starting churches, and helping Christians grow. And one thing that he kind of kept making clear and clear, and you see in this letter, is, is this reality that this life is preparation. And I want you all to be ready for the destination that awaits us in forever. And so he spent so much time talking about this day and the day with a capital D is talking about the judgment when we will appear before God. He was trying to help these new Christians figure out how will you be ready as your life wraps up to appear before God in the judgment? How will you be ready? How can we live this life to be prepared for what awaits us? And so this passage kind of gives some helpful information. I'm going to read the whole passage and then I'm going to kind of break it down uh, piece by piece. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 verses 15. And if you'd like to take notes, there is a, a handout in your program that you can take notes on. You can also read up here on the screen. So let's read it together. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. He's talking about his ministry. Okay, I, I, want, I want to help people know who Jesus is and to live their life for him. And he's talking about someone else is building on it, like Someone else is helping you do that. And he's talking about Apollos, another leader that was trying to help Christians grow. He says, let each one take care how he builds upon it. This is verse 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's using this analogy of like building a house. You build your life 
like you would build a house. It has to start with the foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Then in verse 12, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, capital D, the judgment, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Verse 14, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. And then verse 15, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So I kind of want to talk about the different components of this passage. And again, Paul is saying, you need to learn how to build your life in a way that it's going to last. And that's why we're calling this series Built to Last. How does eternity and forever impact us here and now? And so he starts with this concept of we need to all consider our foundation. And again, it goes back to the most important decision any one of us makes. And that is, will we follow Jesus Christ and will he lead every aspect of our life? Is that our life's goal? Is that our ambition? Is that our priority? Is that our number one value? Putting Jesus first in every aspect of my life. That's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. But he wants to let everyone know, someone else is building. This foundation isn't my own works. This foundation isn't my own ideas, my own knowledge, my own skills. He clarifies, this foundation is Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this is just kind of cutting really clear what life is about. We can have lots of opinions about what's important. We can give ourselves to many different things. But ultimately what Paul's saying is, if your life is not built on the foundation of Jesus and what's important to God according to what he's revealed in the scriptures, the truth of how life works, we don't live our life according to it, then we are not building on it a true foundation. And I'm not like the most handiest guy, but I do know the foundation for any building is the key. If you build on the sand, it will crumble. If you build on the solid rock, it will stand. And that's what Jesus is. He is the solid rock to which we can build our life on. And we can anchor our life to him. And so Paul's saying, consider what is the most important to you. And then he clarifies kind of the second idea that he sees. So we have to consider our foundation. And the second part is we will give an account of what we did and why we did it. Anytime I hear this idea of facing God in judgment, there's somewhat of a pause that I have. And I just want to put that out there because you're here today And you may not have thought much about facing God in the end and giving an account of your life. But I know for me, when I think about that, there's thoughts like, "Uh uh-oh. Anyone else feel like that? "Uh Uh-oh. Like, everything? Like, I'm going to have to give an account? Because I've done and I've said and I've thought a lot of things that I know are not pleasing to the Lord Jesus. So when I think about this, there's this pause of fear at times. 
Just being overwhelmed with what, what is that, what is that going to look like? But again, what Paul's writing is that we shouldn't be filled with fear, but that knowing this is true, we can build differently right now. So if you think about that and kind of fear overwhelms you and you start getting really kind of afraid, what you need to do is realize that again, the most important decision is connecting with Jesus Christ and he will forgive you for what you have done. And you may spend a lot of your life building not on the foundation of him. And if that's true, it's not too late. You can change here and now and begin building on his foundation. So I just want to encourage you in that. So I want to kind of clarify some more, this giving an account of what we've done and why we have done it. So you, you get this picture of the foundation is laid and then we begin building with certain materials. And Paul describes that as gold, as silver. And then he uses other materials that will not last, like hay and straw. He's saying you have to be careful how you build your life. There are different values to what we do. There are different values to, to what we say. And he says, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. That is, what we've done will be clear. Like we can't trip God. We can't Make something seem differently than what it was. He knows exactly what we did. And he knows exactly why we did it. Our motives, our thoughts, our inner thoughts that no one else knows, God knows. So it's all going to become manifest. It's going to be clear. For the day, we'll disclose it. That's what the final judgment is. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. The reason I say not just what we've done... But why we've done it, this is actually speaking to, to motive. Like, what's our motivation for why we do the things that we do? And our motive is actually a lot of times hard to uncover. Because don't you just do what you do because you've always done it? Right? Lots of times I don't slow down to think, why did I do that? Because I just did it, and it made sense to me, and that's why I did it. And that's how we live life. And we could just become like, that's just who that person is. They just, that's what they do. Not become the same, our own self-identity. That's just, this is who I am. And we live with this concept of, I just, this is who I am. I've always been like this. But what you find is, is actually, just because we've always done something doesn't mean that that's right. And the final judgment will show not just what we did, but, but why we did it. And so I began to think of this idea of, of motive. Like, what are the motives? Like, what drives us to do what we do? And we're a mixed bag of motives. Some are good and some are bad. And that's what Paul's saying. The good is the pure. It's like the gold and the silver. And the some are not right motives. And these are like things like the sticks and the straw. So some of the motives I was thinking is, is comfort. Have you ever made a decision about your life because... It just was going to make you feel better. I know I have. If I were to be honest with myself and uncover why I did what I did and why I did what I did that and why I did why I did that and why I did what I did that, the bottom line is I just, I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to feel better about my situation. So I made this decision. I treated this person like this. So comfort, that's a big motive. Another one is convenience. 
Have you ever made a decision because it was easier on you than harder? Ever? I know I have. Oftentimes I want the path of least resistance. It means I'm going to get what I want. And it's easier. I want to do it. What we find is we can treat people out of this a lot. Like, if it means I'm going to have to inconvenience myself, I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to get what I want because it's going to make it more convenient for me. This happens in our relationships. This happens in our work. This happens in our finances. Comfort and convenience drive so much of what we do. There's other motives. To please God. We do things, if you're a Christ follower, to actually please God. Then another motive is that there's times we do things just to please others. And you do something because you think, what is that person going to think of me if I don't do that? You ever done that? Man, they're going to be really upset if I don't do that. And all these motives impact our decisions. And these decisions send us down a path. What Paul's saying is, The fire will reveal how you lived your life. The fire, this is God's standard. This is the purifying righteousness of a just and holy God. And in the end, the fire will show us what we did and why we did it. And the things that were pleasing to him will last. And the things that were kind of about ourselves, they're going to burn up just like a stick. Now, if a house catches on fire, all the combustible, the wood, the clothing, those all burn. What's left is the fine jewelry. Gold will last. What Paul's saying is because the fire is God's standard, you have to be very careful how you build your life. I was just thinking about this. In today's culture, where we live right now, in the western part of the world, so much of what people base their lives on is, are they sincere? Are they passionate about it? And oftentimes, sincerity or passion has replaced truth and right or wrong. What you find, a Christian is somebody that doesn't just place it on sincerity or on passion. They place it on what is God's standard. When I decide what I'm going to do, how do I do it in line with what God has showed me is right? And so since it's God's standard and not popular opinion, or not based on feeling, but based on truth, that impacts us. Because in the end, I can't stand before God and say, well, that's just what my family did. Fire purifies So Paul is, is building again. As you, we approach this day, we need to build according to God's standard because we know that he's righteous and just. And everything that's not pleasing to him will, will burn up. So we talked a little bit about that in the motives. So I want to talk about, well, if God's standard is the fire, then what is that standard? What does it mean that we should do and how we live our life? So what it means is you actually have to look at what lasts forever. 
right? Because everything that burns up won't. And oftentimes the things that burn up, like me being liked and popular, that's not going to last forever. My bank account, that doesn't last forever. But in the scriptures, you find a few things that last forever, and this is God's standard of what we build our life on, which should impact our decisions, which should make a difference for how we live our life. And so the first is God, he lasts forever, he's, he's eternal. His word, that's the truth found in the scriptures, it lasts forever. His word lasts forever. And then third, people. We talked about this. God made people in his image, and so we're made to live forever. So those three things are the standard for which we should build our life on. So we should spend our time and our decisions first in our relationship with God. How can I build my life and make decisions in a way that I'm growing in my relationship with God? It begins with starting a relationship with him and becoming a Christian and then being a part of his church and growing in your relationship with God. And that growth is connected to the second thing that lasts, and that's the scriptures. So how am I building my life on the truth of his word, which goes on forever and ever and ever? How do I do what the Bible says? How do I not do what God tells me not to do? And we wrestle with that and we mess up. And sometimes Christians, they do what they're not supposed to and they don't do what they're supposed to do. And you confess and you're supposed to make it right. But ultimately over time, you want to be building according to the truth of what God has shown us in the scriptures. And then the last is people. If people last forever, how we treat them, how we relate to them is of utmost importance. We don't degrade people because God made them in his image. And also, if the most important decision is somebody commits their life to follow Christ, make him the boss, then we want to live our life helping people do that. We live our life as a way that people can see us and talk to us and have a relationship with us and see this is the path of their life that God wants them to take. The life of turning to Jesus and living for him. So that's what our decision should be impacted by. So you see this, this comfort, this, this warning, and you see this opportunity. If our relationship with God lasts forever, and if the scriptures last forever, and if people live forever then those should be the three things that we build our life around. And the first two fuel the third. Relating to God and his word allows us to actually love people. And so that, that's, that's the standard. And then Paul closes it out and he says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved but as only through the fire. So Paul is saying, in the end, you're going to know what last and what didn't. And it's going to be whatever you're left with. And he's saying, if you commit your life to Christ, you're saved. But if you didn't build your life on what really lasts in your decisions, then you'll make it to heaven, but everything else will be burned up. Like you'll have nothing else. But you'll still be saved. So what Paul's saying is, this is true, and this is real, and so this should impact. So I just want to tra- transition really quickly into, what does this mean for our day-to-day 
decisions. I, as I've gotten older, have realized my decisions do not get any easier. And then you hear somebody talk about the final judgment, and you're like, wait a second, what? I just want to figure out how to get as much time out of the day to do all that I have to do. And your decisions can just feel like this inner web of just confusion at times. So I want to shift gears and, and talk about how to make the best decisions knowing forever awaits us. Okay? Making decisions is like getting on a train. Okay? They, they go in a certain direction. Every decision you make, you're, you're actually going somewhere. Our decisions are purposeful. I know for me, sometimes I've made decisions, I've made decisions, and I end up at a destination, and I think, how did I get here? You ever thought that? You're like, well, how did that happen? And then I realize, well, I, I decided things. And through my decisions, this is where I am. The issue is that oftentimes we think decisions are like, I'm just getting on one track, and I'm just going in a straight line. But it actually looks more like this. That's like my brain on a good day. It's like, yeah, I got tracks going in different directions, and each day I'm just choosing which destination I'm going to. And what Paul's saying is you have to be very careful your decisions because you're either building with the precious metal or the things that will burn up. And so I want to just go through three questions that you can ask yourself that will help you kind of test your own decisions. Nobody can do this for you. We have to do this ourselves. We have to train ourselves to do this. Okay? Uh, here's the, the, the most important factors in our decisions. This is kind of what's practical. And I encourage you to ask these to yourself. Number one, what is the most important to God in the choices I'm making? Okay, not, not what people think. Not what my parents think. Not what my siblings think. My coworkers, my friends, my spouse. But ultimately, what is most important to God in the choices that I'm making? Okay? If the Bible lasts forever, that means that we actually have something that we can build our life on. If we build our life on what the Bible says, you'll have a life that's built to last. Period. But you can't just hope that that happens. Just like you have to build a house, it, it happens through work and through intentionality. And so I want to encourage you, get to know what the Bible says about the different areas of your life. There's a resource called Nave's Topical Bible. If you've never read a topical Bible, I encourage you. This has about 20,000 different topics of life and 100,000 scripture references. So if you want to know what the Bible says about an area like work or an area about family or about money, you can find out. And a resource like this you can find on Amazon. You can go to a bookstore. And for relatively little money, you can begin to kind of search the scriptures, for what the Bible says about the area of life in which you're making decisions. Because in the end, it's not just what we hope would happen, it's the decisions that we made. And so you want to ask that question, what's most important to, to God found in the scriptures? And then you, you have to actually find out and make decisions based on it. The second question, how will this choice affect my relationship with God? What will be the impact of the decisions that I'm making? So if the most important factor is my relationship with Jesus Christ, and my relationship with God is going to, you know, he, since he lasts forever, that, that places the utmost importance on my relationship with him, then how does my choice either lead me into the relationship with him 
or take me away. Now, oftentimes we don't think about that. We make decisions all the time. But what you want to do as you're getting to know God and as you're trying to mature and trying to grow as a Christian, and even if you're just investigating what this means, this is so important. What's the impact of my decision right here and right now with my relationship with God? Will this decision draw me closer? Or if I'm really honest with myself, is this going to kind of lead me astray? And then the third question is, what choice will please God the most? Again, you can't just ask it. You need to know what pleases God. To know that means you get into the scriptures. It means you get into group life in church because they talk about what the Bible says about different areas of life. It means you get to know wiser people that have walked with God longer than you and you ask questions. Through these things, you can begin to know what pleases God. You can begin to see the cause and effect of the decisions that you make. So I encourage you to take the time to think through just what you're building right now, what you're spending your resources on, what, what's your, your motives, your concerns. And just ask God to show you. And if you've never committed your life to Christ, since we're talking about decisions, that's, again, the most important decision that, that you've made. So I encourage you to get questions answered that you have. And if you mark on your connection card that you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus, we'll get you that information. And so uh, on the back of your connection card are some next steps. I'm going to wrap up and invite the band up and you can uh, fill out that connection card if you've not finished filling that out. And there's one next step, which is related to your relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you've never made the decision to follow him for the first time, you can decide to do that today. And again, you may not know fully what that means. We'd love to give you some information and to clarify with you. And then the second, it's just a blank next step. Is there something that's given you maybe something to think about? Is there something that you find out, you know, I, I need to do that? Maybe related to motive, maybe related to relationship, maybe something that just God has shown you. Write that in there, and I encourage you to take that next step. Let's pray together. We're going to sing back to God and then receive our offering. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for showing us the way. We, we don't have to come up with the meaning of our own existence. We don't have to come up with our own purpose. We can connect with you. And as we read the Bible, we can know the meaning of this life. And also, we can know how to prepare for what happens after this life wraps up. So God, thank you for the assurance that we have knowing you. And God, I pray that if anyone is just trying to kind of weigh where they're at and why they're there and all the things. I pray that you'll really speak to them, assure them that, that you're real. And God, I pray that we'll be careful to build a life that's pleasing to you. And we need your help in that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.